This is episode number 24, Gut Health, Top Strategies for Healthy Digestion, with Nakaya Kip. Today, Lisa is talking with Nakaya, and they'll take you on a little venture so you can understand more about your gut health and how systematically it affects your whole health well-being. Now for the show. Welcome back. This is Lisa Thorpe with Thorpe Institute and Intel Bio. And today we have Nikaya Kip. Nikaya, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to see you. It's been too long. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It's just such an honor to be here. Well, you, you have a lot going on. I've recently saw some posts about the summit, the Gut Health Summit, and I know um, from knowing you for a while that you're also an HHP, massage therapist. But why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about everything you're doing? Okay, great. Yeah, I just completed this summit called Your Gut Instinct. And there were 20 interviews with leaders in the world of digestive health, giving all their you know, just information about, you know, why our gut health is so important. And uh, so we just really dove into those subjects. And that's a passion of mine. Um, digestive health is a personal one for me when I've struggled yeah, with all of my life. And I remember you saying that with your with the celiac disease. So that's something I'm really focused on. Also autoimmune disease, pain and inflammation. So I'm a health coach, and also an HHP. So I've been in the field of holistic health for 17 years now. And you don't look old enough to be in business. Oh, well, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. It's true. Yeah, it's been a long journey and just a wonderful one. And, and so I'm just really excited to be launching myself more in this world and um, sharing with people what I've been so excited about and just my own journey of healing and discovery and exploration and just just knowing that health is a journey and that every moment we have these opportunities in front of us to to look at and make choices that are going to hopefully build us up in health and wellness and vitality and joy. And and so just just helping people to guide people into that, to their optimal well-being. So I provide programs for people, either individualized, where we really look at different things in their lives, you know, from food, exercise, you know, ways to manage stress, which is really important for people in this day and age. Um, We have, you know, so much stress and fast-paced lives. So um, finding ways to, to slow down and just be in the present moment. And focus on what's you know really going to create more beauty in your life, and um, and spread around to the people around you too. So there's individualized programs that I do with people, and then also I'll be starting some group programs. Um, so for people that are more on a budget or just really want to fine tune some things or do some detoxification, so that'll be coming this fall too. Yay! So the gut health program, I want to talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about that because you're right. I was diagnosed with celiacs, and through my wellness journey. I've come to learn, as I'm sure this program uh, has brought to light, that most health starts in the gut, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. So whether somebody's got a chronic inflammatory disease or even a, 
and believe it or not, I really believe even a recent injury can be helped to heal faster if you're taking care of your gut. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Hippocrates, who's the founder of, of, of modern day medicine, 2,000 years ago said that all disease begins in the gut. And more and more people are really starting to turn back to that ancient wisdom. And it's so pertinent in this day and age because we have so many factors that are damaging our gut. And, you know, 80% of our immune system is comprised in the gut. So whatever you do to help the gut is going to also really help your immune system and also help your brain function and everything else. And by reducing inflammation in the gut, you reduce inflammation systemically. So it will help with healing, you know, even with an injury or or stress in your life or that sort of thing. When we talk about the gut, are we talking about the entire alimentary system, like from from mouth to the end, or is it? Are we just talking about the stomach? I think of it from 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 the mouth. Yes, starting yep. I mean, from the mouth until you know, from the moment that from you're where it enters to, in, where it to where it exits. Yeah, basically, you know, without getting into too much detail. But yeah, I mean, really, digestion starts in the mouth. So, or it even starts before you put a piece of food in your mouth. If you take a moment to look at your food, you know, you start to get some saliva. If you're thinking about food and you're getting hungry and you're thinking about what you're going to eat, you know, the saliva, the juices start flowing and there's enzymes in the saliva that help to start break down the food. So if you can take a moment to look and notice your food, notice the colors, you know, and then when you bring the food into the mouth, you know, letting it sit there and, and chewing it up really, really well, mixing the food with the saliva, and the digestion will start to happen. And even just simple practices like that can really help the whole digestive process. So then, you know, it moves through the system. The the whole, the gut, you know, it's not just thinking of, you know, your stomach or your intestines, it's the whole system as it moves through. And you were saying that there's a lot of things that are compromising it. What are those things? Well, stress. Stress. Yeah, number one is, um, I would say stress, you know, but then also food. We're eating a lot of food that has, you know, that's not necessarily coming from nature. It's coming from factories, you know. So it might have originally started in nature, but then it's been changed. And a lot of things that are not from nature are added. And those things can all comprise the gut health, definitely. Um, Even some things like I noticed my gut health really became a lot better. I was buying a lot of health foods that, you know, looked really healthy and they had great ingredients, except for, you know, just trace amounts of like carrageenan or guar gum, uh, you know, just little things, you know, that are at the very bottom of the list. But once I removed those things, um, those little binders, I was amazed at the difference it made. So even sometimes just those little ingredients, you know, maltodextrin or, you know, different things that, you know, if you have a gluten intolerance or celiac disease, you have to really pay attention because gluten can show up in many different forms. Yeah, that's right. Like and, all white vinegar. Right, right. Yeah, so people will be like, well, why can't you eat ketchup? Why can't you eat mustard? And I'm like, no, it's got gluten in it. Yeah. Yeah. People are surprised about uh, that. All the soy sauces, teriyaki, sauce. most yeah. sauces. And yeah. for that matter, most prepared foods right. I stay away from because yeah. most of them have gluten in them. Right. I was using some spices that I realized, oh, wow, when you really get down into it and you look, those, those things have all these fillers. There's a lot of fillers in our food and a lot of, you know, just chemical and additives and colorings and all of those things can cause damage. So I always wondered, you know, when I was diagnosed with celiacs, Mm -hmm. the the first thing I went, I was like, okay, so we did a test and we know that I can't digest gluten. How do we know I can digest anything? (laughs) Right? Right. So I think we have to assume if there's, if you're having trouble digesting one thing that digest, your digestion is compromised in general. Right. And, and I think that there's methods 
to overcome that. Yes. Um, what do you see? Like, what's what are the answers that you give people? Well, I think it's really important for people to start paying attention to what different foods, what reactions they may get. And unfortunately, sometimes we might get a reaction a few days after we eat a food. So um, there are different things that can be triggers. And so elimination diets can be really helpful. Some people like to do food, you know, like a food allergy test or food sensitivity test, and that can be very helpful too, although I often hear of false negatives. So it might not be accurate. So I kind of, for me personally, I feel like I've had so much benefit from elimination diets where you eliminate possible triggers and then very slowly and systematically add them back in and look for reactions. And it might not just be a digestive-related reaction. It might be something like a skin eruption, you know, um, something with the skin. I've had that happen before. Or it could be, you know, just all of a sudden feeling really moody for no apparent reason. Yeah, or brain fog. Brain fog is a huge one. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I get affected by food that way. So after the summit, what – now people – Listen to the summit. All the people spoke on the summit. Now, what's going to happen with all of that information? Well, I'm. That's a good question. I'm. I'm currently looking into having transcripts done. I've had a lot of people requesting from all over the world transcripts because with the summit, it was just up on the air for you know a certain period of time from um, for 15 days, and people are so busy, you know. And here it's summer, so people have been extra busy. So I'm looking into doing some transcripts. So if I can find turn it into an ebook or yeah, I'm. I'm looking at creative ways to to have that information out there because it feels like it's very important. You right. know? And, and the people that were listening in were sending back feedback all over the world, just you know how it was transforming their lives and how they've been searching for this information or they'd been you know going through the medical system and the medical system wasn't you know providing the answers or the help and assistance that they needed and, and that they were learning how important gut health is and how it can affect you know things like autoimmunity and, and different things. So... What were some of the biggest revelations that happened during the summit? Oh, there were so many. But, you know, it was really interesting because there were 20 interviews. And it just, it didn't, it wasn't planned this way. But I noticed, you know, common themes throughout, like probiotic rich foods was a big theme throughout that many of the experts brought up. And stress management was another one, you know, and just being mindful um, before you before you consume a meal, slowing down and taking that moment to shift over from, you know, we have we have our nervous system a lot of times is in a constant fight or flight state. And if you eat in that state, which often we do, you know, driving the car or, you know, people, a big one now I see is like people with their gadgets or electronic devices going and, and, and not even really paying attention to the food they're eating. They're on their gadgets and they're on Facebook or they're, you know, checking their emails or whatever they're doing. They're not really focused on the on the food. And so if we're in that constant fight or flight state, our body is not focused on digestion. You know, the energy is more going to the extremi- extremities, more to the brain. It's not really going to the digestion. So if you can just take some time to breathe breathe deeply, get centered, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, feel more, I feel more relaxed already, Nikaya. It makes a big difference. So sometimes, you know, we think there's got to be all these complex things to do, but sometimes it's really simple, you know, just taking slowing time, down. slowing down. Yeah. 
yeah, coming back to the basics, really, you know, how nature intended. I like to uh, remind listeners that we welcome your questions and feedback. You can email us at feedback at thorpeinstitute.com is our email uh, for the show right now. It's feedback at Thorpe Institute, and that's T-H-O-R-P-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E.com. We would love to hear from you. So now the summit, how, how did... How did that all come about? I know you were you were doing coaching, and um, so how did it how did it happen? Well, it, it, I've actually been in a program, and and this was part of the program that I was in, and it just it, it was a big stretch for me. I'm an introvert, and I've not been much of an online person before. And I, when I when this year came around to 2015, I called this my year of stretch, and I decided I was going to stretch myself in the biggest ways possible. And the summit just became part of that process of really just stretching and reaching out to these these amazing experts in this field and um, people that I would never have dreamed of talking with and really making great connections. So it just kind of became an idea that really blossomed and took hold and turned into something that was beyond my wildest dreams. It's really been an incredible journey and just beautiful to hear you know, just of people listening in and, and the help that they've received and just the resources that, that were made available to people, too, during this. So, so who, who do you think these resources would most help? Well, anyone with digestive issues, for sure, you know, of course. So IBS, Crohn's, um, colitis, people with autoimmune disease, um, you know, anyone with food sensitivities or, you know, if you just feel sluggish, you know, things just seem slow. You know, your digestive, the, mood, the moody. The, the moody stuff, yeah, the- yeah. And even children, you know, children that have ADHD or autism or, you know, or just... You know, a lot of kids just are not in optimal health anymore. You know, this is the first generation that we're seeing where the kids are not expected to live as long as their parents, you know. So that's a, kind of a sad a thing. Hor- so, horrible yeah, statistic or even, prediction. Yeah. So even for parents with, the, you know, that you want, really want to help your children, helping them with their gut health is so important. And mm-hmm. even even women, you know, and families that are planning to have a child, you know, so much of our good gut health comes from the mother. Right. So planning ahead of time to, to kind of help your own digestive system and prepare yourself before birth. So, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's some standards. I know you mentioned uh, stress, stress management, mm-hmm. um, f- flora, rich foods. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what are the other things people really need to focus on for good gut health? Well, eliminating the processed foods. Eliminating, okay. Yeah, I would say elimination is is very important. So eliminating anything, you know, and what can, so it's the things that cause inflammation in your body. And there are some common triggers, but really tuning into your own body, because there might be something, you know, you could, you know, eat a strawberry and that could cause inflammation in your body. And I think I know this, but for listeners, what are the major triggers for inflammation? I would say gluten, dairy, corn, soy... Sugar, sugar, <laughs> sugar is a big one, um, you know, and then a lot of the the processed foods and even GMOs can be a big trigger for people. Right? Yeah. Now, why would strawberry be a trigger? Well, it might just be something that somebody is sensitive to. Right. You know, there there just could be something that their body reacts to. You know, I used to have a sensitivity to pineapple and. If, I loved pineapple as a child, but I remember, you know, my my tongue would break out as soon as I would have it. I don't have that sensitivity anymore, luckily, but, you know, it's kind of funny. At different times in your life, you might be sensitive to different things. So just kind of paying attention, you know. So my whole program is about teaching people 
you know, you've got to pay attention. So you can hear all this information out there in the world. And with nutrition, it can be so confusing because you're always one day coffee, you hear a study that coffee is good for you. And the next day you hear that it's bad for you. And, you know, it's really about your own personal journey and what works for you. And at different times in your life, something might be good for you. And another time it might not be so good. So paying attention. I like like the saying, everything in moderation, right? (laughs) Except moderation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so what what inspired you to become a wellness practitioner? You know, well, that's um, that's a long story. I I was kind of a wanderer. I I grew up in a very sheltered community, and I wanted to learn about the world. So I traveled, and I tr- spent a six month trip backpacking around Central America. Wow. And I kept meeting people, just sometimes common, you know, village people that knew a lot about herbal medicine, plant medicine. In the area, and um, I lived in um, with a Creole family in Belize for a month, and um, and the father of the family was like a bush doctor, and he would take me hunting. He would say, "We're going to go hunting for herbs," and we would go with our machetes into the jungle, and we would bring back herbs. And I really became passionate about that. Everywhere I went through Central America, I just felt like the deeper I went, the more I started, you know, running into these people and. Or places where there were preserves to, you know, preserve the the environment that these, you know, precious herbs come from. And so when I came back from my journey back to the States, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be in holistic health. I knew I wanted to help people and I wanted to connect them back to nature and what's available. You know, and I'm not against Western medicine at all. I think sometimes there can be a good blend with that. But there's so much available to us that we can do to support our health, you know, that doesn't have all of the side effects that we get from some of the pharmaceuticals. So um, so that was the beginning of it. So about 18 years ago, I went to a school up in Northern California that was a residential program up in the mountains and a really, really beautiful natural setting and um, delved into all kinds of body work and yoga, tai chi, meditation, Chinese medicine, energy work, all kinds of things. So that really catapulted me more. more into that world. Well, and when I met you, you were doing body work. Mm-hmm, right. And and then since then, you ventured into the holistic health practitioner. Yeah. How did that come about? Well, I've always, my, my biggest passion has always been herbal medicine and nutrition. You know, I love food. So I've, I, I think even when I met you, I was you doing, doing the raw foods. I yes. had a raw foods business. So I was um, eating vegan raw foods and, um, and that diet served me for quite a while. At some point, though, it became unsustainable for my body. Um, so I've always had this exploration with food and I I just I'm passionate about it so I always knew I wanted to go more and more into it with the people that would come to me for massage and body work I would just give away a lot of that information you know it's just kind of the bonus and talk about supplements and herbal medicine and different things but I knew that I wanted to work more in depth with people that way you know with people that really want to optimize their health and really really focus you know and it can be like I said before it can be challenging because there's so much information out there in the world about nutrition. And um, sometimes it's helpful to have a guide, you know. To, uh, always helpful yeah, to have a guide, I think right? So. Right, right. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm curious, you you were eating uh, raw food, and I know you, you were amazing at preparing mm-hmm. it. So when you say it wasn't sustaining you anymore, so what, what was the change? Because I know it's, it's a big thing, you know, nowadays right. people 
get into raw food right. and only doing raw food. So, you know, what happens when, when you say it's not sustaining you anymore? What was the change? For me, my digestive fire went out. And um, I was, when I was at the, the first school that I mentioned up in Northern California, one of my teachers was Paul Pitchford. He's the author of Healing with Whole Foods. And um, he was treating me with acupuncture. And he said, you just have no digestive fire. And I didn't. I, I don't want to get too graphic, but things would go in and they would come out <laughs> pretty, pretty quickly. And um, that, that was not my norm, um, but that's what would happen at the end. And I, I just couldn't sustain things. I wasn't assimilating food. Um, Do you feel that it's because you were only eating raw foods for a long period of time? Or do you feel like it was just something else? I think I think there is probably other things that were going on, right. but I think with the raw food diet is very cleansing, and I love raw foods. I still am a huge fan of raw foods. Sure, um, I realized for me though, I'm I'm not in a place right now where I can have 100% raw foods, you know. And but um, it's very cleansing, and I think sometimes once you cleanse yourself out. You don't necessarily need to right. keep cleansing to that level. So when you say mm-hmm. your digestive fire, how do you bring digestive fire back? Well, my teacher, Paul Pitchford, at that time said I needed to go to 98% cooked foods. And to me, my mind was so focused on the vegan raw food diet that it was it was kind of a mind bender. I really, it took me some time and I never got to the 98% cooked foods because I love raw foods. But um, it, was, it was eating more digestible foods that were you know, cooked and softened and, and easier to digest. And, and then some herbs and things you know, to stimulate the digestive fire. I think part of what went out of balance for me is living in the community where a lot of our food was already prepared. I was the only raw foodist there at the time in this community of about 150 people. So I didn't, I wasn't preparing the foods that I would have normally eaten. And, you know, I wasn't probably as supported as I could have been at that time um, with that diet. So I think it's all about balance. But definitely, you know, maybe adding more ginger, adding different kinds of herbs could have supported me with that. So some people do great on a raw foods diet. I know we have a babysitter that's been on a vegan raw foods diet for many, many years. And she's vibrant and healthy and strong. So for some people, it could work, but we have all different constitutional types and predispositions to things. Um, it's, it's very That's individual. That's why it's good to have a coach because yes. it is very individual. Is. You can't just decide you're going to do one thing and that, it, that one size doesn't fit all when That's it comes true. to diet and nutrition, right? Right, right, exactly. So I know we talked a lot about the important points um, for, for gut health, but of all of them... Oh, there goes the train. That's what we love about Lucadia and Sunitas. So of all of the things that you've recommended, what would you say your number one health and wellness tip would be? It's hard to narrow it down to one, but I would say really probiotic-rich foods. Are really probiotic. What, so what are probiotic-rich foods? So I would say, you know, like kefirs, kombucha, um, sauerkrauts, raw fermented sauerkrauts, not the kind that you get in the store on the shelf in a, in a you know, a bottle. <laughs> um, it's really important to have them with, where they're cultured and they have raw live enzymes and bacteria in it, you know, teeming with lives. These so, things are becoming more available because it used to be that, I mean, you had to look to really Pretty find hard. that. Yeah, now, I mean, our local health food store, I think they have at least five or six brands. And, you know, granted, we are in Southern California, so it's not like this everywhere. But, you know, our farmer's market, there's a great company, a local company that has wonderful varieties of, of the raw fermented veggies and um, kombuchas and things like that. Yogurt is really good. So for people, for myself, I can't consume dairy. I, it's, I have zero tolerance for it in my body. But um, if somebody really does consume, you know, can handle dairy, you know, the, the yogurt, 
yogurts and the the milk kefirs could be could be good, you know, especially if it's from like an organic source, you know, well-raised, you know, animals and that sort of thing. But you can, you know, luckily in this day and age too, you can also get non-dairy versions of things like I love coconut water kefir is, is a good one. And that's very easy to digest and it just feels very nourishing internally. So there's lots of different sources for it. Um, you can make your own, which is fun to do. But if, you, if you're busy, you know, it's nice that we now can find more in the stores. And if you're busy, I mean, does a probiotic do the job? Yep. So a supplement is good. But you want to make sure that it has multiple strains of bacteria. You know, you don't want to just take acidophilus only. You want to kind of branch yeah. out and have multiple strains. Because it's like we have this whole inner ecosystem. So you want to culture it with good bacteria in a wide variety. And you want to look at your supplement and at the label. You know, start to learn to read labels is another good tip. And, and make sure that you're, you have the multiple strains, but also that you're up in the billions of the microorganisms. So you want to have like a good, strong dose of, of probiotics. And I also recommend, you know, sometimes I'll, people get in a rut and they just buy one certain product that they buy over and over and over. And sometimes it's good to diversify. Sure. So, you know, maybe try a brand for a couple rounds and then maybe try another one and, you know, just really high quality. But if you're too busy or you don't, you're not a fan of the fermented foods, um, that's a good way to go to the probiotics. And I think a lot of things that are new, you can feel averse to it at first, mm-hmm. but your but tastes change, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. As you start to introduce, right. I had read somewhere that if you wanted to get children to to start to um, enjoy probiotic rich foods by just introducing a little bit more sour, right? That over time they'll actually acquire the taste. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it takes time. And I think I remember um, with my son, I remember reading that it takes like 15 tries of a new food before you really know whether you like something or not. So if a child just tries something once or twice, they might just easily say, I don't like it. But if you just keep giving that taste, you know, and keep giving it and, you know, maybe mixing some different flavors together so it's easier in the beginning and then starting to increase that sour flavor. What's an example of how you would get probiotic rich foods into a child <laughs> well like so say the coconut water kefir right so i my son first thing in the morning he wants a smoothie that that's his thing he loves smoothies and if we go a day without it we notice a difference like he just kind of seems a little bit off but so coconut water kefir you can easily add into a smoothie and that's a place where i hide all kinds of things <laughs> i get different powdered supplements and you know vitamin c and different things you know even algaes and green foods the grasses and just dump it all into the smoothie and it's a really great way. And so what else are you putting in his smoothies? Oh, all kinds of stuff. I We do a lot of berries. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of berries. Um, and they got to be organic. Are organic. Berries very are one They're, of the number one dirty dozen. That's if right. If you don't get them organic, they yeah. are very, very toxic, right? right? Yeah. we. That's one thing that we always buy organic. It's, the berries. I think it's really important, especially for kids. You know, yeah. they already have so much of a toxic toxic burden, you yeah. know, so whatever you can do to minimize that. And so the organic berries, and if it's not in season, you know, getting frozen as well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we do the berries and I usually do a leafy green veggie in there too. Um, so like some kale or some spinach? Some kale or... or spinach. I don't overdo it with the spinach because of the oxalic acid in it, but um, a lot of kale. We do yeah. do a lot of kale and different things like that. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a scary but sad point. <laughs> I was just reading about how uh Organic kale is now being found to be really high in heavy metals. Yeah, the thallium. I've, I've, Such, we've been it's reconsidering. It's so good mm-hmm. at leaching it out of the soil. It is. It's exceptionally, apparently, from this article, I think that's just Probably the same re- article, surfaced. Right? Yeah, I, so I've been actually looking at things and 
We, I've gone to um, hydroponic kale. There's, there's a local company that does hydroponic kale, so it's not grown in soil. And they, the, the local company here captures the rainwater and has this amazing system for purifying the water and all of that. So, what's that's, the name of that company? I'm gonna have to check it out. Oh. We'll circle back. Yeah, around, so we'll have to circle. I, yeah, there's, um, but it's probably if you go to the local stores here, you'll see them in you know the little containers and everything. Um, yeah. It's the most common hydroponic one, but they do like butter lettuce and different things. Um, I'm also starting to do more dandelion, and I really love that. It has a lot more bitter flavor, so I'm going to start to be adding that more into the smoothies. But I've definitely, since reading that article, cut back on and and the. I mean, we know that certain algaes will help leach out heavy metals. I mean, this right. is a part of our reality now. I mean, right. we we are getting dosed with heavy. Right. Metals. I mean, it's in our rain. It's yep. being, uh, it's it's coming from so many sources. Right. Whether people know it or not, yeah. you know, I had heavy metal testing and I was shocked at how yeah. how high my heavy metal concentrations were. Yeah. So yeah. So the so finding the right things. You know, chlorella is, is supposed to be very good at leaching out mercury, especially in conjunction with cilantro, which helps to bind and and move it out. So move it out of the body. So there's there's different things you can do. You know, you really probably want to work with a practitioner. You know, when working with removal of the heavy metals. Now, do you offer some sort of testing? Not at this point. No. That's what I'm looking forward to hopefully doing. Um, in is to heavy. be adding in um, laboratory testing so that I can order those for my clients as well. Right. But yeah, at this time I refer out, or there's some that can be ordered too very easily on your own. But um, yeah, that's that's something I want to be able to offer in the coming year. What else is coming in the future? Well, that's the big one. There's another program, you know, that that I'm gonna um, that I'm gonna sign up for that will help me with the laboratory testing and and deciphering those labs. Um, but really, it's like the programs, you know, of working working with my clients and and helping them with the gut health, autoimmune disease, um, reversing autoimmunity, and then also reducing pain and inflammation. So. Awesome. Yeah, those are the big factors. Nakaya, it's so awesome to see you and have you here. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I think that's it. I'm just, I really am so happy to be here and share with you. And I think what you're doing is so wonderful. I'm just listening to your interviews and and that you're getting this information out there in such a wide array of topics. It's really exciting. Well, it's not just in this community. Well, Mm -hmm. we, I think, this community happens to be amazing. But throughout the country and the world, there are these amazing alternative practitioners offering really powerful methods that lead to really, really effective results. And the information, most of it, I think, uh, are things that people can be implementing on their own. Mm -hmm. I think when people have a practitioner to help guide them through it, it's more effective. Mm -hmm. But it all starts with just learning and getting the information out there. And, And so it's, it's a, it's just a labor of love for me, but thank thank you for saying yeah. that because I I, uh, I really enjoy it. Obviously, it's right. something I'm passionate about. So thank you so much You're for being so here, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing more about all the programs coming out, and hopefully the gut health uh, ebook. It sounds like uh, yeah. lots of other things. Thank you. So all right, thank you. You have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Right. This is Lisa Thorpe with Health and Wellness. We're not sure what it's going to be called. Something else soon. (laughs) We're renaming. We're renaming to something more searchable. Uh, But we're still here in Encinitas, and we love it. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.